Ladies and gentlemen, crypto enthusiasts from around the world, welcome back to another exciting episode of the Contributors Podcast. If you want to know the latest crypto market trends and learn how to make money in Web3, stay tuned because today we have a true crypto maven with us, the mastermind behind the YouTube channel Crypto Lounge. That's become the go-to hub for everything crypto. Watch this interview until the very end if you want to learn about the secret crypto project which can make you a millionaire. Without further ado, let's give a warm welcome to our guest, Crypto Lounge. Hi, Michael. Thanks for coming on the Contributors Podcast. Your channel features a bunch of intriguing videos on the blockchain and crypto. One that caught my eyes was your review on Mononaki, if I pronounce it correctly, Inu. What sets this project apart and why our viewers should keep an eye on it? Well, the, uh, I got involved with this shortly after uh, uh, the actual launch, uh, you know, everything, you know how the charts go, they go up and they go down. I'm a gamer at heart. So I was really focused on that because of the gaming aspect of it. And I'm into blockchain as well, as you already know. So that is to be going into the future. Blockchain gaming is be going into the future. I think it's going to take over traditional gaming. But as far as the modern okay, I noticed that they had some partnerships that once I was doing my research on it, that uh, was actually going to possibly bring that back, bring that whole idea back. And that's when I started really diving into the content and I uh, started researching uh, one of the game development groups were Block Ape Scissors. And then the other one was a partnership with Satoki Ina, which is another gaming situation. Block Ape Scissors is a gaming development firm, essentially. They had some nice things going on with partnerships. So that's what made me really start doing content on Mononoke Inu is because of those partnerships. Now moving on to your in-depth analysis of decentralized finance or DeFi. In one of your recent videos, you discussed PoSwap protocol. Could you break down the key takeaways for our audience and explain how DeFi is revolutionizing the traditional financial sector and what makes PoSwap unique? Well, uh, you know, PoSwap is an ecosystem. On the DeFi side, you're going to have a DeFi loan sector, and uh, that's going to be coming down the road, but it's an entire ecosystem when it comes to a social aspect, cryptocurrency. So you have the actual three levels of a blockchain environment to it that's going to be coming out. Your layer one, layer two, uh, layer three, uh, which is kind of a new tech uh, when it comes to managing and, and governing the decentralized application, which we'll talk about. I'm pretty sure we're going to get into that too, the DApp situation. That whole ecosystem is basically going to be self-contained its own blockchains. That's what I love about it. It's going to be a self-sustained uh, ecosystem that's going to be pretty independent. Now, when it comes to DeFi, um, it, let's get into that because I think uh, DeFi is the way going forward. The decentralized finance is open 24 hours a day and seven days a week, you know, non-custodial. The way we do it now is brick and mortar. It's limited. There's intermediaries involved. Uh, you don't have that with DeFi. And I think the privacy factors when it comes to decentralization in, in general, I think makes that a better way going forward. With uh, PawSwap, I think they're in front of the game when it comes to the DeFi loan situation that they're going to have going on. I think it bolsters that platform, that real world connectivity that a lot of cryptocurrency projects don't have. I think uh, they have that in the forefront. So, and you need that. You really need that because as a cryptocurrency project or platform ecosystem, you got to bifurcate your use case. You want to be relevant in the crypto 
cryptocurrency space, but as well, you want to have that out of cryptocurrency space in touch value. That way, when the enterprises do start coming, you're going to be attracted to them. They're going to be attracted to your platform. So what you're saying is that even the enterprise projects and the centralized finance organizations, they will finally have to, will have to do decentralized project to be relative, right? That essentially, that's how I feel going forward because, you know, and we can get into this is a whole nother conversation, but we know what's going on with fiat. We know how uh, the banking systems across the world, we know what their situation is right now. I think it's time to evolve. And I think decentralization when it comes to DeFi, decentralized finance, I think that's the way to go forward. I think it's a safer way of doing business on a financial level for a lot of people from the ground up. And for our viewers, I'd like you to, if it's possible, you just mentioned there's a layer one, layer two, layer three. Can you simply uh, explain what the difference between those three layers? What are they? Absolutely. When you we're talking about layer now, layer zero is going to be your essential airframe. You know how they start an aircraft and they build an airframe and then they build the, the metal around it and they build that infrastructure. Layer one, it always starts with a layer zero and that's going to be your basic frame, essentially. Layer one is going to be the actual uh, transactional platform. That's where it starts basics, essentially, when it comes to blockchain technology, your transaction, your basic functions, interconnected functions. But layer ones are isolated. So there's the need for the layer two. Now we'll move on to the layer two. Now, just to touch back to the layer one uh, infrastructure, when I say basic, buys and sells, you know, basic platform to build up on upscale. This is what layer two's upscale from the, the basic foundations, which is the layer one. Think of Bitcoin. And then you think of the Lightning Network, and then you think of Impervious. Those are three different types of layers, essentially, that encompass Bitcoin. Now, layer two is going to be your upscale, your fast lane. Just think of a middle lane in a highway system that has a faster speed limit, faster than the ones on the left to the right, north to south, okay? You have your hub lane. Some people call it expressways. That is your layer two. That's going to bring you expedited speed, lower price. When I say price, GUI, the actual price transfer. We call it a service fee in the real world, in the financial world. Well, the gas, which is GUI, is what you're going to play when you're, you're transferring cryptocurrency, when you're buying and selling on its decentralized front, okay? That layer two is going to upscale, it's going to go faster, and it's going to be cheaper, okay? Now, your layer three, that's your decentralization part when it comes to the DApp decentralized applications, that, and that's quite new. You're going to be using the layer three for a decentralized application purpose. That's a Web3 thing as well, and, and that's quite new. A lot of developers are just now trying to figure that out. I love how you simply can explain these complex concepts for our audience. So now let's talk about the elephant in the room, market volatility. Your video on crypto market crash provided valuable insights into handling market fluctuation. Could you share some strategies that can help investors navigate through these turbulent times? You know, it's really turbulent now. If you think about this unprecedented bear market. I've never seen one like it. There was some inducement there. You know, we talk about the, uh, I don't know, like to bring it up because I don't want to induce another form of that, but the sickness, let's just say the sick, that induced a lot <laughs> that because it's a very sensitive situation, you know, that induced a lot of uh, things that kind of added to this bear market, if you will, you know, on a financial level, on a foundational level, people had to pull out of the market just to survive during that time. So, and they left their position. So you have a lot of positions that are opening great projects that people can get into because it's a whole lot easier now because those charts are not as, as I don't want to use the word pump because I'm talking blue chips. I'm talking legitimate projects. As far as volatility, we're in new stuff right here. Uh, what I'm saying, we're in new territory right now, big time. You know, so you have to play it safely. And I'll be honest with you. You want to deal with projects that have real world use case, 
real world utility, have that real world connection, okay? You wanna deal with blockchains that have that layer three approach, have that interoperability of factors to, that can communicate with other blockchains because that's what enterprises want. That's what people coming in from the outside with businesses, the industries, they want to deal or be involved with a blockchain infrastructure that can communicate with other blockchains. So look for that interoperability factor as well and competent dev team too, exactly. That's very key. Yeah, look at the utility, that's for sure. If there is a need for those tokens, there is a need, real organic need for that project survive. Absolutely. You got to have a backup plan, right? You know, you want a competent dev team and you want good structure too as well. That's what I look for. Yeah, don't invest in things you don't understand. Absolutely. <laughs> That's for sure. <laughs> that can get fantastic. you in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, fantastic insights, Michael. Now let's dive into the realm of Web3. Your channel has touched upon the potential of Web3 technology and its impact on various industries. Could you share a glimpse of how this evolution is reshaping the way that we interact with digital platforms and services? Well, it's a decentralized approach to Web2, which is basically the internet as we know it today, the way we've been doing business, you know, but it's centralized and uh, there's a lot of data that's being taken, essentially, and we don't even know it, you know, these uh, search engines, you know, I'm not going to say any names, they data harvest a lot. And uh, that's pretty easy to do in a Web2 environment because it's, it's been this way for decades, right? So. You bring in a Web3 environment, which is a decentralized approach to the internet. Let's talk about data because let's say digital ID is, is where we're going. Your personal data is very important. I mean, we both know this, right? To have control of that, you need a decentralized way of doing it. And with Web3, you have a data that's going to be basically blurs across uh, multiple nodes at any given time, which makes it hard for that data mining to take place. It's a decentralized blockchain. Let's just look at the actual infrastructure. Uh, you have uh, multiple decentralized applications that are actually going to be layered up on blockchain technology, which is decentralized in this way. Just, just think about Ethereum and those dApps is what we call them, those decentralized applications that litter uh, Ethereum right now to this day. They're very secure. Now, you have issues where if the coder doesn't know what he's doing, there's going to be issues. But if, if we have a dApp that's been properly coded and deployed, we're going to have no issues with security. And then you have, we talked about layer three. Layer three is, that is the target, the main target for a layer three uh, platform is decentralized applications. Uh, and that provides a boost in security, privacy, and uh, interoperability, like we talked earlier. Those apps talking to each other, uh, you know. So when you bring an industry and you connect that with Web3, you have a peer-to-peer -peer when it comes to commodities, when it comes to uh, enterprises, communicating with the public, uh, the consumer. There's a peer-to-peer -peer situation with no need for intermediaries, no need, especially with DeFi. Uh, there's no need for third parties when it comes to uh, Web3. Totally uh, private. You have your data. This, and I love the data protection because this is big, man. This is so big. You have this, these AI chatbots. They're centralized as well. A lot of people don't know uh, uh, chat GPT, very centralized. So I love the Web3 approach to the internet. I, I think it's, uh, it's needed, man. I think it fixes a lot of things on a business standpoint as well as on a personal standpoint when it comes to our privacy and our data. And I believe within probably next 10 years, the regular Web 2 internet will be replaced with Web 3 internet. So all this Facebook, which is centralized, will be replaced with the similar project. And maybe, I don't know, maybe created by the same company, but it will be decentralized social media, right? All the app. 
Yeah. Well, you have a backwards compatibility with Web3, too, because, you know, Web2 is not going to go anywhere. Web2 is still going to be there. You know, we still have a redundant technology that current technology has superseded, but it's still there. Right. So Web2 will still be there for us to, like, kind of look at like a, one of those old rhinoceros at the zoo. You know, <laughs> Like a transportation system, like a zero level, like you said, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, we need that just to, you know, just to see how far we've come. You know, we need that every now and then. But I love Web3 uh, for businesses. I really do for enterprises. I really do. Let's switch gear for a moment. One of your recent reviews highlighted XRP. Could you shed light on what that's so much noise about XRP? Uh, what intrigued you about this project and how do you see it's a future? Mm-hmm. I've been invested in XRP for a long time. And then, you know, the main I thought was going to be the catalyst to launch nice price action, which it did, was the, the court case uh, ruling. And uh, just towards, I think she did a great job. I think uh, her bifurcated ruling uh, took care of a lot when it comes to all coins, set the precedent, you know, so we're going forward. It's going to be very hard for the SEC to actually go after all coins. Now they're appealing that, but I don't think they're going to, I don't think it's going to change anything. Now, as far as uh, pricing, because everybody's asking, what about the pricing? Uh, you know, I see, yeah, I see it, you know, it's, it's so hard, man, because there's really nothing in the way of XRP right now. The only thing that's in the way is the actual development team. And I think they need to get going. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. And I think this is the sentiment. We need to get going. We have no barriers now when it comes to XRP. We need to get going. So whatever the dev team has for us, uh, we're waiting. I'll just say it like that because, I, you know, I don't want to get too critical. I know it's tough. You know, they have a lot of things going with it. The second part of the ruling, which is uh, the Ripple Institutional Sales, they're probably going to get fined for those because that did break the law. So I know they're trying to get that together, get all that, to, you know, get that figured out. But we need to get XRP going because there's really nothing in the way. I see. Yeah, interesting. For our viewers who don't know what is XRP, you can watch this video. But briefly, XRP was developed to replace SWIFT. SWIFT is a system to transfer money from one bank to another bank. So when you send money through a wire transfer, they use the SWIFT system, which requires like three days. And if it's international, $40. And if it's inside the US, it's 20 bucks. So XRP tokenize and digitize this transaction make it like instant and pretty much like zero 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 one cent something like that so almost nothing so we're not saying here that xrp is going to replace with but it was developed for a particular this purpose so we will see if it's really yeah no it's a brilliant system yeah you know i don't you know it's they got to stop tripping over their own feet you know and they got to get it going right but it's a brilliant system it's a brilliant platform and you know i think once placed once actually in the go you know yours are running and going i think it wins the race say that i think it wins the race definitely and now the moment we've all been waiting for the remember that hook i promised at the beginning of the interview well stick around because crypto lounge is about to drop and nugget of wisdom that could reshape your crypto journey. Michael, what project would you recommend to look at right now in crypto space that has a low risk, but high probability to become a multi-million without like next five years? Yeah, I love long-term plays. I'm, you know, short-term plays that get you in trouble. That's what I always say. Uh, long-term plays are the smart way to go. And definitely there's actually three that I'm really, uh, I hold close to my heart because I love development team that really sticks it to the road, really, really, really builds. They put their hair down, they build, they don't talk much. They just build. I love teams like that because I know they're serious. They're putting a lot of work into it. MMAI is one of them. This is a platform that's coming out uh, with a revolutionary wallet. I have to tell you, and I got to tell you about this wallet. This is what really attracts me to it. 
there's there's actually a metaverse that has an e-commerce uh, connection to the real world as, as well. But this particular wallet, because I know we have to be uh, quicker with this, this wallet is going to bring to the space what is not in the space right now. And that is a compartmentalized approach to hot wallet, cold wallet, and an offline transactional wallet, which is the first of its kind to be able to transfer cryptocurrency assets offline. And that just doesn't exist. And this is proprietary code, guys. This is what really draw my attention to MMAI. And uh, there's a huge development firm in uh, Korea. It's called NS Labs. They are the constructors of this uh, particular technology. And they also are building their own uh, proof of authority hybrid blockchains as well that's going to facilitate this ecosystem. So um, MMAI, it's a beautiful thing. And this wallet, I got to tell you, name me one wallet. And I'm not chilling this. I'm really excited about it. I can't wait for this to get out. It's going to be available on Google and uh, app in the App Store as well. And I'm going to be using it. But name me one wallet, crypto wallet that will grant you the ability to have three different types of wallets in one application. There's not one out there. And the offline structure, that offline contract, smart contracts, first of its kind. I don't know any wallet you can transfer assets via your phone's near field communication device, Bluetooth. It uses this to actually move assets offline, totally offline. It has the offline smart contract embedded in the application. They're actually waiting on a security audit right now. It should be released uh, within the next month, but they're waiting on security audits because when you're dealing with crypto wallets, you're dealing with people's assets. So security is 100% paramount. So they're waiting on third party security audits come through. And uh, just just think about that. Just think about that. Offline transactions. That's quite new. Cool. Question one. So how can we make money on this? There is like, we need to buy tokens or how? You, yeah, exactly. Well, this is the cool part about the wallet. Now, the MMAI coin is going to be the actual coin of the blockchain. And so you can purchase the MMAI coin as well. Now, this wallet is going to be in the under the same umbrella, but this wallet is a separate entity. And you're going to be able to buy common stock in this particular wallet. It's going to be a separate entity. Okay, but it is going to be, yes, uh, there's going to be common stock available for this particular wallet. And you know, the, if you look at the evaluations of the actual wallets that are out right now, the top two are in the billions of dollars. Okay. And they're just doing crypto. They're just trading crypto. This particular wallet does three things. One of the, of the actual attributes of this wallet does not even exist. Oh, wow. Okay. You said you have three projects. So what is the second one? Now, the second one, obviously, uh, the, the pause swap. And, and the reason why is because of the actual approach uh, that they're having with this blockchain uh, infrastructure. And I love the fact that they call it Paw Club. This is going to be an actual sociable aspect of this platform that's going to have a merchant center, peer-to-peer -peer transfer merchant sector. Uh, you're going to have e-commerce as well. It's where you're going to be able to open stores and actually sell product. I love that because that's that real-world attachment uh, with that I love with that different project. So, And then the blockchain uh, infrastructure as well, they're going to have their whole, they're going to be facilitating Facilitating their own ecosystem. So there's that innovative factor. Last but not least, Neroni AI. Now, this is going to be an AI platform, an AI crypto platform that is about to release the first AI decentralized exchange. Oh, wow. So, what AI would you do in there? You see, this is the thing where I told you about AI is, you know, the, the AI in the future when it comes to trading, not just oh. crypto. Yes. Well, this is going to be crypto based, uh, decentralized exchange. Kind of. Yes. Well, no, no, this is a little different. This, there's a machine learning involved. There's, there's natural, there's an LP involved. Top proprietary code here is something new. This has never existed in a DeFi era when it comes to trading. It's not particularly a bot. It's this thing learns. 
It actually learns on the go. It learns your patterns. It learns the, it is basically in the process of learning right now. I think it's been a process of learning in, in the past couple of years, essentially. But yes, it, it's, it's quite different. You know, you have your bots where you target them, you set the parameters and you, you let them go. You know, that's way different than with an AI crypto, a decentralized exchange. This is different. Yeah, because it will learn not only from you, it will learn from other traders, their patterns and their Absolutely. IT. It's a 360 learning curve for the AI. Yeah. Could you send me links to those three projects so I can include them into the description for this video? Absolutely. Absolutely. So dear viewers, the links will be provided in the description. Folks, please remember, this is not a financial advice, okay? This video, like all videos on this channel, for information purpose only, make your own research before investing. Very interesting. Could you tell our viewers when you started your journey with Crypto Lounge and what inspired you to create the channel? Well, uh, you know, I've always been into crypto. I was actually mining, you know, earlier 2013, uh, mining Bitcoin, Litecoin. I kind of made that transition to purchasing and buying, you know, shortly after that kind of like, for me, the electricity bill was a little bit getting a little bit too high. So I'm like, you know, I'll try something different here. So I kind of sold my rigs, transitioned into uh, actually uh, doing some content as well as purchasing and buying. You know, I was having a little fun with the market. And uh, kind of snowballed into what we have here today, essentially. Yeah. Now, before we wrap up this engaging conversation, let's take a moment to reflect. With your journey on Crypto Lounge, what has been the most rewarding aspect for you personally? And what are your future aspirations for the channel? You know, it's, it's been a blast and I've met a lot of really cool people, you know, such as yourself. You know, this is what I love about it. you connect, you network, you learn about the space because I'm still learning. I'm the type of person where I never feel like, I never think that I know it all. I'm in constant uh, learning mode and this is beautiful. I've been having a great time with the channel. I've been having a great time uh, actually learning about different texts. Every time something comes out, I could basically research it on the go, you know, because of the, the content that I create. So it's beautiful. Actually, the most really cool part about it is the enlightenment stage of it. Me being uh, enlightened by the actual movement of cryptocurrency. I never thought it would be to this point, be on the stage. You know, I really didn't think that back in 2013, 14, when I was just mining, you know, I, I didn't think that we'd be here talking about uh, AI, you know, it's crazy, but here we are, you know. A noble vision indeed, Michael. Thank you for sharing your insights, experience and aspirations with us today. Yeah, absolutely. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thanks for the, uh, the invite as well. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. To all our listeners and viewers, if you found this conversation as enriching as I did, don't forget to hit the thumb up, subscribe and hit the bell to be notified about new fascinating videos on how to start and grow your business, invest in crypto and create sources of passive income. If you want to learn more about Web3 technologies, check out Crypto Lounge channel. The link is right in the description below along with those projects which Michael just mentioned. Thanks for watching, stay healthy, stay wealthy, stay tuned.